Welcome to Hubstaff's Agency Advantage Podcast, hosted by Andy Baldacci. Each week, Andy interviews a successful agency owner who shares their proven strategies to help you build and grow your agency. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Agency Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Baldacci, and this is episode number 24. And today, I'm talking with Jonathan Dane of Client Boost. Now, Jonathan's only been in the PPC space for less than five years, but in that short time frame, he's built two multi-million dollar agencies. His current agency, they hit the $100,000 mark for monthly recurring revenues in the first year, and they have a waiting list for clients begging to work with them. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And while they grew fast, it wasn't always easy. So today, Jonathan shares with us how he was able to get those first clients on board, build so much demand that he has a waiting list, scale his team to match that demand, and what he plans to do for the future. So without further ado, here's Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for joining me today. So excited. Thanks so much for having me, Andy. Today, you run Client Boost, which is a PPC marketing and landing page design agency. And this is your second agency, but you haven't been in the space for very long. So can you fill the listeners in a bit on your background? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing the research, too, because... Uh... I think being on my second rodeo, so to speak, um, definitely know a lot about the agency life and being able to grow fast and, and the kind of the pitfalls that we've been making and the opportunities that we see as well. Um, but as far as background, I've probably been in the PBC game no longer than about five years. And um, I, I started as a customer service rep for a company in Newport Beach, California, that then showed me an AdWords account and I had no idea what the heck I was doing. Um, went to a Brad Geddes uh, seminar, which is like one of the top PPC people out there, and uh, realized, hey, I can do this myself. So uh, not to go too long, but I ventured off into Craigslist, started putting like my ad there, and no joke, people started calling me. So I started to kind of build from that, and then here we are today. Did you have any background that sort of like got you prepared to, to build up to an agency, or what was that like? Not at all, not at all. So... When I was in school, so I was at Cal, uh, Cal State Fullerton um, here, here in California, obviously, Cal State. Um, and during that time, I was getting people calling me from the Craigslist ads to become my client. And I did a little bit of early blogging. And funny enough, like I, was, I had no technical know-how at all. Like I, I'm one of those guys that I'd rather just learn by doing instead of trying to learn first, then do. Um, and so I know the experience would happen over time. So it was kind of like get in the game, scrape your knees, and then learn next time better. So um, from, from then on, it kind of just opened up doors. And I met um, a, a friend that I was working with together on an account and became one of my clients who I would later, later start an agency with in Utah. And so lived there for a year and a half, got that to about 30 people before um, I went back to Southern California where my wife and I are from. And um, yeah, funny enough, like we were starting Client Boost as a a, a software company because I was kind of tired of the agency side. Yeah. And, um, but I love writing. I love creating content and people kept knocking on our doors and we kept raising our prices. And, uh, now we're a full blown agency again. So that's kind of the story. <laughs> that first agency got built up real fast. And yeah. it seems like at client boost, you're building up, even though this wasn't even your plan, almost despite that, like it's still going super fast. So where is client boost today? Like how big are you guys? Yeah, so we are about 10 people. Um, we just finished our first year, end of January. This year was our first like anniversary. Um, we are, as of today, we're at 106000 in monthly recurring revenue. 
um, and uh, some crazy profit margins. That's the whole difference from like the other agency I was part of to today on how, and we'll probably get into that more often, but um, there's been no focus on growing for the sake of growing. It's all kind of been very, very natural. And, um, but we still have our headaches and things that I've learned and I just didn't expect. Um, and so, so yeah, that's kind of where we are right now. And, and eyeballing about, um, becoming maybe 20 people by, uh, July, I would expect. So, um, yeah, we have, we have clients knocking on our door right now and we literally, and this is a great problem to have, um, have to kind of tell them, Hey, you know, if we want you to give you full attention, let's, let's wait until we're ready for it. And, and most of them that actually respect that and they're still excited um, because I think a lot of agencies just, you know, grab, land grab what they can as often as they can. So it's a good, um, it's a good situation to be in. And, 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 you know, I think a lot of the content marketing has kind of helped us become the people that people want to work with. So why are they kind of so many people just knocking on your door? What are you guys doing differently than most of the other PPC agencies out there? Yeah. So there's not a lot of magic to it. I, I think when I compare ourselves to other PPC agencies, I think the first thing that I decided that I want to be different about is our design and our first impression that we have for clients. If you look at our website um, versus others, I think our personality kind of shines through a lot. Um, and we care a lot about the user experience and the, and the, uh, the just first impression perspective too of when people come through. Um, a lot of people have told us we have like a young, youthful, funny vibe. Um, but because of the content that we put out, they can see that we go very deep as well. We're not just wide. And so I think a lot of agencies go through the motions when it comes to doing their own marketing, right? Like everything that we've done so far has literally come through guest blogging or our own content on our own blog. And, and so, I mean, if you look at our, and this is subjective, right? This is what's so hard about it. Like if you look at, because there's no barrier to entry on creating a PBC agency, literally all you need is your brain and some kind of website, like some kind of presence. If you just take... Um, a user testing um, test of 50 people and say, compare my site to, to competitor X and give me your feedback. There's so much value in that. If you act on it, that just says, Hey, here's who I trust more because they came through with their design or they were funny or they're not afraid to show their personal side. So I think that's a big differentiator of us. And it's hard because I, I want to give like a very meaty answer, but on that specific topic, I feel like we've kind of hit the nail on the head and saying, wow, like, yeah, ask any other agency out there, like, what makes them different? Like, what visually, like, if you were to decide from the get-go and you only had five seconds to look at 10 different competitors, who has the best first impression? And I think we win on that because we have great um, uh, testimonials on our site. We have professional photos taken of us. Like, people see that we care. And when we care, I think that establishes trust. Um, but again, not something that we scientifically tested, so I can't I can't give you like a concrete answer. But I, I honestly think that is it, and we've heard a lot from our leads and our current clients too of why they signed up with us in the beginning or why they reached out. And um, the big difference from the old agency to now is that because of our content being an attractive and our design being a lot greater than other PBC agencies, half of the sales process is pretty much done. Like they all we need to do is like not f up when we talk on the phone. And like they're ready to go, which is kind of cool. To any listeners, like check out the site's client boost, client with a K, clientboost.com. And it's funny, like when you say like you, you're not afraid to show your humor, you're right. Because like so many sites have like the big kind of obnoxious pop-ups now. And yours is a big <laughs> pop-up that says, is your marketing poopy? Yes. It's time to change that. And like the background is just a bunch of like the poop, poop emojis. Poop emojis, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when I do like research for 
not even for guests a lot of times, but when I'm just like studying up on agencies, seeing what's out there, like a lot of times I don't even know what they offer. There's so much jargon on the page. It's just all corporate stuff. It's, it's, you, you don't know what's different about them. And no, for you guys, you clearly show your personality with that. But once you do get them in the door, like, are you just delivering the same service as these other agencies or, or on the client side of it? Like once you have them, do you, what do you think sets you apart on that regard? So like when they first come in the door, um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, like we have probably about 25 clients right now. We get about five leads a day. And this is our content marketing that, that people come through our proposal funnel. Now, again, I'm in the process right now where my biggest headache is hiring, meaning like finding new account managers um, and then kind of pushing slowly the leads through. And um, so when they come through, a lot of the times the, the biggest, fastest qualification piece is like, are you already spending money on PPC? And if so, that makes it very easy for us to look at what you're doing, tell you what we do differently, and then actually do it instead of you know having somebody come through that says, oh, I have X amount of money. I, I want to see if PBC works. So first we got to sell them on the idea of PBC and then we got to actually implement them. And then we got to trust that they can actually handle the leads and the business that we're bringing their way, which is a whole nother ball game, right? Like the sales side. And so, and, and we'll probably go in that here in a little bit, but um, that qualification aspect is pretty fast and simple for us. And my whole goal, because I am the sales guy, I am the uh, HR guy. I am the, in a sense, like our own marketing guy. I just want to get a no as fast as possible. Like if I can get a no, from people because I told them what our pricing starts at or any other that qualifies them quick. I'm like, sweet, like you freed up my time because I really don't, I don't have time to, to keep, you know, trying to squeeze uh, like juice from a grape and, and then further from like a raisin because I just want to try to convert these people. So that aspect is, is something that I try to do really, really fast. Um, this is one thing I wanted to, I was going to bring up later, but like, I feel like this is a perfect time to ask it. Like the free proposal, I, I've heard both sides of it. Some say don't pitch for free. Don't give away this work for free. I've heard others say it's standard in different industries. Clients expect it or it just helps you stand out. But for you guys, you're turning away work. Like you're not turning away, but you have a waiting list pretty much. Yep. So why do you still make it so easy for people to kind of get in your funnel at that point if you don't have the capacity? So have you thought about charging for the proposal, like doing that as its own kind of product or anything like that? So, so we could. I mean, I think I think a lot of and this comes back to the whole design of our site and, and the reason for we have that personality as a company too is that if you look at our site, it's incredibly simple, right? It's like if I were to have a conversation with you, I'm not going to bother you with acronyms and stuff like that. I'm just going to get straight to the point. And, and so our design is a reflection of that, meaning that every single – there's only one CTA, right? So if we change that. I still want to get people in because once I see there's a ton of sardines, like every given day there's going to be like a, a – a marlin or like a whale coming through. And so I want to make it as easy as possible. Now, the whole the whole offer that we have of the free proposal is a lot different from what other agencies have, which is like free evaluation, free audit. And there's a reason for why we decided to do what we're doing and not that. And we've also tested it. And uh, the biggest the biggest reason is if you think of somebody giving you a free evaluation, well, in the client's mind and, or the potential customer that you get mind is that that means that they have to give you access to their account, but they haven't actually vouched for you yet. They don't know if they trust you. So a proposal is more like, let me learn about your business and then let me put something custom together for you. So in a sense, anybody who comes through and asks for a free proposal, sure, it's customized a little bit, but it's really just a capabilities proposal of like what we would do for anybody. So it doesn't take us a lot of time, to be honest. And so, but the ones that we know that we want to really impress and knock it out of the park with, we'll go that extra mile and say, 
here's here are the you know problems that you've given us that you're facing right now. Here are the solutions. So they feel like wow, even though you guys do PPC and you do landing page testing and design, you offer that for everybody, but you made it custom to me. At least that's what I feel like as a customer, right? So that's that's the main point. On one side of it, like you said, you want to have a lower friction way to people to get in, but you also don't want to be you want to qualify quickly and you don't want to waste a ton of time on unqualified prospects. So having kind of standardized, but then I'm sure you do the research on, on the leads before you get back to them and like you said, if a whale or a marlin or whatever comes through, then you'll give them the extra attention at that stage. So I, I can understand that. Yeah, and there's there are a lot of there are a lot of proposal requests that come through that I just I'm just honest with them. Like, yeah, it, you're right, it is a free proposal, but you don't qualify for it, you know. And so there there needs to be there doesn't need to be an asterisk on this. This is just human to human, and I don't honestly I just don't care. And that's why I just tell them I'm like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll be nice about it, but say you're not quite there yet, and so I'll, I'll quickly disqualify them myself. Yeah. And so one thing you mentioned is that, and I think in and of itself is different, is that you guys do PPC and landing pages. And so can you talk to us a little bit about why that is and why that's so yeah. important? So I'm, I'm a very, very anti-jack-of-all-trades, like one-stop shop agency mentality. But at the same time, in the world of PPC, um, you have different, different types of PPC, right? You have lead gen, you have SaaS, you have e-commerce. Basically, they're the main three. And so with the most of our clients right now are in the lead gen SaaS space. And because of that, there's three steps of the process when it comes to BBC. There's traffic, there's conversion, and then there's sale. Um, so if we care about getting and retaining the client for as long as possible, I would never nickel and dime or a la carte anything for them if I know that I can push through and like get them home runs as fast as possible. Meaning like Setting up PPC accounts and, and campaigns is relatively simple. Um, that doesn't take much to do. You can follow a blueprint for most of the most of the time. Just make it specific to you know their their goals and what their industry is. But then the landing page side of it means that you now take control of the traffic and the convincing stage, which is like the the conversion stage, obviously. And because of that, now you have two levers to pull instead of one. And then the last piece is just a sales side. So that's when you care and ask the client, "Hey, how are these leads coming through?" Like. Show me your CRM. I can see which keywords and which placements and things like that are turning into sales because on the, on the AdWords account or any PPC account by itself, a lot of the keywords and placements and ads will have the same value, what it looks like. They're performing at the same level. But when it comes to like the actual money making, like a business part of it, they're not treated the same. Then they shouldn't be treated the same. And so it's funny because a lot of our clients have been with other agencies before. And then when we ask them that question, they're like, what? Like, I don't even have that set up, but I'm like, God, like, this is, this is, as a business owner, like, this is what I would want to know, right? Like, I want to know, I know that those keywords are different. I know they have different intents and things like that. So they get really excited and they also get like a little flustered because like, now we hold them accountable. And so it becomes a relationship where we are not the yes people that anything that they say, like, we just do. We're like, no, hold on. Like, let's do this our way. You're, you're getting out of our kitchen right now. Like we're the experts. That's why you hired us. So we set those expectations. They're free to come with ideas and stuff like that. And we'll definitely, you know, we're not going to be super snobby about it. But um, at the end of the day, like we want to say like, what are you now doing to improve your average order value or your sales closer rate and stuff like that? Like we've identified the, the missing points on the PBC and the conversion side. Now you got to start upping your game as well. And that's, when all of those cylinders are, are going, that's when it gets fun to say, like, 
one of our account managers was responsible for that client hiring two new or two new or ten new sales reps or something like that. Um, that's when it gets really fun. So, do you help them with that last piece of the puzzle with the sage stuff, or at least like point them in the right direction? So, it almost it's kind of it's funny you ask because we almost in a sense once we've established the improvement in performance from the PBC side, we've earned their trust. We almost become like an outsourced CMO to them because a lot of the things that we do. SEO wise or social wise for ourselves as a company, as an agency, uh, I'm dangerous enough to say like, here's why it's not working for you. Cause I can just look at your numbers, like stop going through the motions kind of thing. Um, and, and so on the sales side, like we will then help set them, um, create like value drip campaigns on the email side and tell you like, you know, some it's crazy. Like Andy, you wouldn't even know, like some people come through and they're spending like 10, 20, even more thousand dollars a month. And like, they don't have a process for just following up with leads. And like, how did you guys, how did you guys do this before? <laughs> right. like, what are you doing? So even, even if we didn't even touch PPC in the landing page side, just them getting better at that would be enough to like double their performance. And it just blows my mind sometimes that like, that's what it takes. But again, it's, you have a, a varying degree of people who come through the door and knock and want to work with you. And so it's interesting to talk, kind of talk about in the beginning and when they, when they see that you care about that and we're not just looking to improve quality scores or increase the click through rate. Like those are honestly just BS metrics. They're important, but like they're not even close to being as important as, as other things. That's when they're like, Whoa, like that's another level kind of thing. Since you do work with some SaaS companies, like I'm sure you're familiar with like customer success and like, this seems pretty similar to that where it's like you, you're not just going to be like, all right, we're getting you more clicks. Your quality scores look good. And just throw your hands up. Like, hey, we're doing our job. Like, you know that there's another goal that they come to you for a reason. You figure out that reason and you make sure that you're actually helping them get there. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it might not, you know, we got to tread lightly because people who have been head of, of customer support teams at other companies that are now joining this quote unquote startup, you know, have, have their set ways. And, and we're definitely not the experts on that. But if we see some clear lacking points, we raise the question. And so the, the CEO or the director of marketing that we're directly in contact with will then figure that out for us because they're just as, as intrigued as we are and things like that. So specifically for SaaS, it's kind of like we care about up to the onboarding point to the sale. So like if a, if a user that starts a free trial comes through and then has to onboard themselves and then eventually pay because the trial expired or that's just the natural progression of it, then we care up in that to that point. Like we care about the lifetime value and the retention, of course, but there's nothing we really can control and we don't we don't have that as, as an expectation for ourselves either. Like that's that's on the client themselves. No, right. But like you're doing the customer success like internally for your clients. Like you're making sure they you can help them as well to achieve those goals, which I think alone does set you apart a bit in that way. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, because I, I talked with a uh, Jay Bear a few weeks back, and like his big thing is that sort of like customer service is the new marketing, and it all comes back to the point where it's like it's so much cheaper to keep and kind of upsell and increase your current customers than it is to go out and find new ones. Like you're in a spot where you have new ones just coming to you be like inbound, but I know you still do have a big focus on maintaining those relationships and on kind of retaining the current clients you have. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, Jay's absolutely right. I think a lot of people know that too. Um, for, for us, for any, because we do the PPC side and the landing page side, we do a lot of heavy lifting in the, in the beginning, right? As we go along, it gets easier and easier for us because things are in motion and we can clone landing pages. There's nothing that needs to be really be built from scratch. We keep adding on. Um, so when it comes to retaining clients, 
I think the biggest the biggest differentiator, and the, I mean, the thing that we're talking about right now, a, a client of ours doesn't know about from the outside, right? It's when they start talking to us. So um, when we get them on board and we start caring about the retention and say, okay, now, uh, you know, there's a ramp up period. They know that. We set expectations pretty well. Um, you know, we might, you know, do the whole thing of like under promising over deliver um, side of things too. Um, but mostly it's just the fact that we're not going to hold anything back like to get them more and more value, keep on going because we go month to month. We don't even have contracts with our clients. We have to keep showing that progress or keep doing things that like, Hey, let's uh, tackle your, your social PPC. And that's, you know, part of our package anyways. Um, so we don't, we don't have any clients. We don't allow clients to come through and say, do everything in the first month. We're like, no, like that doesn't make any sense. We're going to, we're going to take it one step at a time. We're going to scale once we see the ROI is there from one channel and then make that and put it to the next channel kind of thing. So um, the, th- the biggest thing too is a lot of PVC agencies uh, charge a percentage of ad spend. And when you think about it, like it really doesn't, it doesn't do you any good as an agency. It doesn't really do the client any good because it doesn't mean that they're making more money. It might just mean that they, you've tested something new that costs them more money, but then they have to pay you more. Um, so we charge a flat fee and we charge it at the beginning of the month, meaning that before we even do anything, they've already paid us. And I think the reason for why that helps on the retention portion, and this is like a tiny little like nugget tactic, is that every time you send an invoice, they're thinking in their minds, does it justify to keep going? You know, and they always have to like stop in their tracks and think about it before they like, you know, hit the button that says pay them. Um, and so when you're doing it, when you're doing it after the month is over and you calculate the ad spend percentage that you're going to invoice for, uh, one, you've already done the work and they're like thinking, Hey, is this every month they're thinking like, is this worth X amount of dollars? And so by just doing it kind of in an automated portion, um, or automated fashion that we've done, I think, uh, we, we've done the invoicing thing before. And funny enough, this automation just helps a lot more, I think on the retention too, because not that we're trying to be sneaky or something like that, but, it just it just doesn't give them the option to really think about it unless we're really screwing up and not delivering any more value. Right. Are you sending them like a monthly report or like how how are you at the end of the month? I get that you're billing at the beginning, but like how at the end of the month are you kind of keeping them in the loop on where things are at? Because I'm sure they, they obviously see it on their end too. Yeah. But like- <laughs> so um, they from from the, the invoicing standpoint, they just get an automatic receipt sent to the email. But on the on the work that we do, what we do a little bit differently than other agencies is that um, we always have new goals that we're going after, meaning a lowering in the cost per acquisition, an increase in conversion volume, an increase in conversion rate. But technically, it's usually the cost per conversion and the conversion volume that's most important because both those directly impact the revenue and profit of the company. Um, conversion conversion rate can vary, and it can be you know it can be top of funnel, it can be bottom of funnel. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Like that mix and match, you can kind of manipulate those numbers any way you want. Um, so when we have those goals set up, we have a time, we have a date that we want to hit those milestones too. So every single Monday we write up a, an update, not just about like the stats, like say, here's your CTR, here's your quality score, here's your spend there. They have a dashboard where they can go in and see that stuff. So we link call tracking everything in one place for them. Um, and it's kind of like a white label solution that they can just go in and see. Um, but on the, on the weekly update thing that we send them is one, we basically write out everything that we're doing for them that week. And so that means, you know, keep doing the same things that you have to do, like ad testing, negative keywords, bit adjustment, things like that. But then take it one step further and say, we're, we're you know, at, adding hot jar uh, polls as qualitative research for new landing page tests. We are also launching a new landing page test, X, Y, and C. So all that is in relation to their goal. And so funny enough, 
Um, a lot of clients will come through and say, hey, can we set up like a weekly call? Like I'm just used to that. It's great to kind of touch base. But it becomes so redundant for us because we've already told them everything that we're doing. And we also update them. Anytime we have a little win, out of the blue, we'll just send an email or give them a quick call. And it just kind of, it's actually something I got from Help Scout. It's called GLUE, uh, the acronym Giving Little Unexpected Extras. And so those are the kind of things that, that we're doing. And um, so that's the reporting that they're super happy with. And nobody's really asked for anything more in depth than, than that. You're kind of proactively communicating. I like how that, because uh, I, I know you mentioned the, the GLUE in another interview, and I'll make sure to link that up here because you're right. It's those unexpected things that make you stand out, especially when they're the unexpected good things. Like when you say, hey, we did this. If you have the right relationship with a client like, and they trust you, it's okay to send the losses too. Like, hey, we tested these landing pages. But as long as they know that it's a learning period, like you're not going to hit home runs every single time. And so they respect that and they get really excited. And it's fun to kind of see how, you know, close they were in communication in the beginning of the relationship but how they're kind of like ooh, now i have more free time to do other stuff because now i trust these guys and that's that's that sweet spot that we want to get to as fast as possible but it usually doesn't happen until we paid for ourselves like that's the first goal that we have as an agency is how fast can we pay for ourselves so that we don't even become a thought anymore like for a ppc agency especially when you have so much control over landing pages and all of that like you're pretty close to the money do you have like a typical goal of like, all right, we want to get them, show them an ROI within this time period or like, how does that, is it just as soon as possible or like in practical terms, how does that usually look? Yeah. So like the, the golden clients that we have on board and the ones that we love when it comes like from a lead standpoint, or like I mentioned, ones that already have um, a PPC spend of a, at least, yeah, I would say five to $10,000. And that's, that's the minimum, you know, that we'll start thinking about working together. And so depending on the business, they might have a long sales cycle. So they might not be able to see any new campaigns that we launch and like if they're really that fruitful. But the thing that we can do fast is go in and improve conversion rates by 50%, even, even 100% within the first two months or something like that. Um, and then kind of take it from there. So if we can lower the CPA by 50% itself, in that amount of time, and they're spending ten thousand at least, then we've already paid for ourselves and, and, and then some. I want to get a little bit into kind of the specifics of how you've gotten the leads to be allow you to grow so quickly to get to basically a million dollar agency in a year. Doing all the things you're talking about, I feel like is really enough to set an agency apart. But like just doing those isn't going to get people in the door from day one. So kind of how was what was your growth strategy starting out to get you to this point? Yeah, so I think that's like one of the biggest things that we took advantage of is we piggybacked off other people's audiences. And the specific audience that we piggybacked the most off of was Unbounce. And the funny thing is, is that um, when you when you truly care about, and this is, this is kind of funny because when you strip everything apart, like all the tactics, all the reason for why you should keep updating your Twitter feed through Buffer and, and all this crap, like most of the stuff you don't need. And, and the reason why I say that is because when you start off as an agency, if you don't have a voice that either goes very, very much deeper on a specific topic, like the blog post you're writing, um, it doesn't matter what you're doing because you can look at your Google Analytics and nothing's moving the needle really. So we were very, very quick and I've always been very, very quick to focus and shift depending on like what I think is working. We were, and this is just on a tangent, but we were paying um, people to guest post on our blog for like $300 an article and doing that for like six months. And I looked at the organic traffic we were getting and like nothing was increasing. So um, we decided to like, and this is something we'll talk after, hire like a content promoter 
like just fully to con- like promote our content. And that was one of our like, kind of like home run ideas too. And a lot of people know about the value of it, but you know, how many people actually do it, right? But let alone promoting the content on your blog. Yes. So like most people only have enough time, if even to keep a blog up to date, right? But then how do you take it? So the, the topic that you're writing about is like the deepest and the most thorough, the most entertaining, uh, the most visual piece on that, right? And then taking that and then hire, having paying somebody to actually promote it for you. Um, so that was one of our biggest takeaways. And we didn't do that actually until maybe, um, shoot, that, that wouldn't even count for our first year, but like we did that maybe two months ago. We started doing that three months ago. Um, but the biggest thing that, that we've learned is what is, is make really, really great friends with a company that has a audience that's kind of comparable to who you want to target. So when we, when we talked to, uh, with Unbounce, um, one of the, the blog posts, I've, the best ones I've written was, uh, you're doing AdWords wrong and here's how to do it right. It had like over 200 comments. And of course, I, of course, like I inflated that number because I reply and like I make it look bigger than it truly is. But I like but, to say that. <laughs> but that also helps get more comments too. It does, yeah. So it kind of keeps the snowball rolling. Right. And so um, when you when you had that home run to begin with for one um, company that has a an audience that likes commercial optimization, well, shoot, like they're going to want traffic too, right? So it was a perfect segue to kind of piggyback off their um, audience. So it led to more and more opportunities to keep writing for them. And then it led to a podcast interview. And then it led to a webinar interview. And now I'm speaking at their conference in Vancouver in June. So it's literally like, as an agency owner, there's nothing better you can do to just focus intently on your content because it's the only, only thing that people can judge you on and hopefully in a positive way. Because a lot of agencies out there are like doing cold calls, cold emails, and there's no way to nurture you. Like you, you have time. You have the chance to build an audience and fan base that like loves you and thinks you're funny. Like the poop emojis, like some people like that. Some people are probably like appalled by that. And maybe we're, maybe we lost a lot of whales because of that. But, but you definitely uh, landed some because of it as well. Exactly. So right. we're attracting the right people. So if they appreciate that humor, which is very, very like, juvenile obviously like maybe they're going to be okay and fun to work with right so anyways piggybacking off other companies that already have an established audience like literally caring a ton about what you're putting out and making it as awesome as you possibly can it's it's if some people are familiar it's called the skyscraper technique when it comes to seo and then basically doing that um that is like the first key to our success and how we were able to attract Many of the uh, many of the leads and many of the clients that we had in the beginning too. The benefit that people always talk about of having people post on your blog or even just your own content on your blog is that it's easier to capture that audience and kind of keep them in and then nurture them through email or whatever it is. I was going to ask you about guest posting because you do a ton of it. Do you have like a systematic way of trying to bring them back into your ecosystem or is it more organic just by putting yourself out there, they're going to find their way to your site? It's, I, I wish I had like a, a tactic and this is, this is where it comes down to like, I think we've been very fortunate in our first year, obviously, and we've done really, really well. Um, but it is, it is like completely organic. Like I'm not even good. I'm not even good at blogging. Like I'm not even good at SEO. I'm not even good at email marketing. And we just, we, it's kind of like the whole thing, like learn or sorry, do then learn. Right. And so there's a lot of things that we've tried out and say, Oh, like I've read about this. Like let's give it a shot. And then if it doesn't work, then let's not do it anymore. Right. And I think. I think a lot of companies can attest to this. Like if they truly look at their content, they look at their analytics, like they know like what their goal is. Are people really coming from finding you organically? Are they coming from referral links? Like are they coming from PBC? 
Um, and then being able to like con- continually like audit yourself is kind of like what I've been doing. And then finding that ability to do that has, has helped us just like, just kind of everything we touch almost like is a Midas kind of gold finger kind of thing. Almost like, I'm, and I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm just trying to say like, we've done a lot of things that didn't work out. Um, we've had a lot of people who, uh, before that, um, uh, is your marketing poopy pop up? It said, is your marketing crappy? And like, we've had like <laughs> borderline, not death threats, but like people just like, just chatting us to be like, are you effing serious? Like F you guys, like who do you think you are? And like, why do you think, why do you think that one word made such a big difference? Um, so from the crappy to poopy, so fun, like we, we had the background of the poop emojis on the now, the one that's running right now before it was just colored. It was just black. Uh So nobody could feel, nobody could feel our intent or like our joking kind of behind it. Okay. So it's also accusatory. Right. I guess so. Yeah, it could be right. And then, and using the word crappy, and poopy, like poopy is way more, you know, kid-like and exactly. things like that. So I think that's what happened. But it, it's kind of like if somebody comes through, it's kind of, I don't know what the, I've heard it before, but it's kind of like the power of 10. Like if one person says it, you can be sure there's like nine people that feel the exact same way, but didn't say it. Right. And so that's, that's the same for the positive and the negative. Um, so we've had a lot of people high five us because we've uh, kind of used our pop-ups because everybody does them these days. So like literally you have to take a different approach. And we had another one where there was like a, a flexing bicep arm and it says, uh, do you, do you even lift your conversion rates? And <laughs> a lot of people liked it because they remember like that whole YouTube series, like that, that guy going to the gym and say, do you Hey, even lift bro. Yeah. Do, you, do you even lift bro? And so, um, but a lot of people don't get it. So you're going to alienate some, you're going to attract others and that's okay. Like there's nothing really you can do to, to, to control that too much. Well, and even having this, like, this is what a lot of people forget is, having super boring content like doesn't doesn't piss anybody off but like it doesn't attract anyone either when you just have the same exact thing they see in a hundred different places they just immediately forget it and a lot of the goal needs to be to not be forgotten right exactly and then and we've had guys that have seen us like uh, we have a, we have a pretty clever uh cookie tracking system on our site where when a person's first been on there and they didn't convert but they didn't come back later it actually shows timestamps of all the times they've been on the site prior to actually converting from us. So we can see that um, we, we only get the refer like where they came from on the, the actual proposal request. So we can see they came from growth hackers or inbound or unbounced or wherever they might come from. But because we care so much about the promotion side, um, there's been a lot of people saying like, don't, don't be another agency trying to like compete against WordStream or PBC Hero and things like that. And, th- and they're absolutely right. Like if we did just SaaS and like wrote about PBC for SaaS, like that can be our niche. But I'm like, that's boring. Like I want to be more popular than that. Like I want to be a more well-known thought leader than that. Like I have my ego, like I have my selfish goals. Um, so it came down to like, how do we promote ourselves to keep being at it? So people who have come through and become leads and be like, yeah, dude, like first time I saw you, I was on growth hackers. Then I saw like your Gmail sponsor promotion ad in my inbox. Then I saw your retargeting ad on Facebook. And so a lot of things that you think from the outside, because they're not tracking last click attribution like to your conversion they don't think it's worth having i think i believe so much in the branding aspect of doing things that just don't scale or doing things that you just can't track that are still valuable like i want to launch a stop motion paper craft youtube series on complex pvc topics that are explained in like 45 second 30 second bites but the reason why i'm not doing it is because i know i don't have the time to like really one put the storyboard together that's good enough and two to actually have the time to promote it. So it's like, I have so many ideas that I want to launch, but you got to be real with yourself. You'd say like, do I have the time to promote or can I, can I pay somebody to do this for me? And so that's what we've been really good at figuring out. Like 
how do we get this in front of more eyeballs and all the time and, uh, and being consistent with it. No, and I think what you touched on right there is really important because it's like you said, you try a bunch of different things and you fail and you figure out like, all right, could we have done something better or should we move on? And one thing I think a ton of agency owners do, or just basically a ton of people in general in life do is that when they say they tried something, like they didn't really give it, like they they didn't didn't do it. They didn't exhaust. They didn't exhaust. Yeah. And when you say you tried something and you failed, you're not just saying like, oh, you just stuck a blog post up. You didn't get a thousand visits. So you moved on. Like you mean like you're, you're be a, a try is a serious effort. Right. Exactly. And I think for anything that we're doing, um, like just to let you know, I have, I have my wife doing like backlink outreach right now. And we don't even know what we're doing, but I'm having her do it. And she has no idea what the heck <laughs> she's doing. And I'm like, here are the templates. Just go with it and, and, and try to do it. And so. It's literally about using the resources that we have. But then I care, I care so much because I think a lot of people that would like even come through our door and say like, oh, like I want to give PBC another try. I tried before, but it didn't work. And I'm like, you didn't do it right. You know what I mean? Like any, any marketing channel will work for you. Like podcast advertising, bench, billboard, bus stop advertising. It will all work if you know, if you have enough resources, you have enough time to truly exhaust all your options. And like that's, that's what I want to do. And so we've, we know content marketing already works. Everybody knows that, but it's how do you do it? Because a lot of people talk the, the Pareto principle, like the 80, 20, like spend 20% of your time writing. I'm like, F, like I have this blog post took me 14 hours. And then you want to, you want me to do like four times that for the production side? Like that's insane. Um, but it's, it's literally like if you, if you are able to have the money for it, then you, you figure out like what the promotion tactics are. And then in like, We've worked with a, a, a pretty decent influencer marketer who's helping us right now who, where I'm just like asking the questions like, so I see that we're doing this, but like, is anybody responding to, to doing it this way? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, well, why are we doing it then? And, and it's like, oh, okay, then let's do something else. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do something else. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's always that shifting. And like I said, that auditing, um, I, I already forgot like your original question. No, no, but I think uh, that was just a great, like it, I don't even think that was a tangent. Like that pretty much addressed okay. it because like the biggest thing for me is that like it, it annoys me so much when people say like, Oh, like you don't hear it as much like in super broad terms, like PPC doesn't work, but you hear it still all the time. Like Facebook ads don't work or like this and that. And then when you look into like the way they did, you're like, well, of course it didn't like this. You didn't think it through. Like you didn't have an approach. And the way I look at like the Pareto principle, like the 80, 20 thing is that, most marketing channels, when done correctly and executed by someone that knows what they're doing, can work. But there's going to be a few, and when you're an agency that, that is small, this is especially important, there's going to be a few that basically are home runs right off the bat. And those are the ones where you double down your efforts on those. And you still spend time trying new things, but you want to exhaust as much as you can from, from the, the home runs right away. And then as you get bigger, and like you say, as you have more time because you're hiring more people or as you have more money – then you can start trying to do other things well. But it's really a lot of it comes down to give things a serious try. And then once you see them work, like run with it. Exactly. And I think, I think a lot of people get scared and they think they have to like plant and sow a ton of more seeds. And I, and I think that's important. But like if you keep killing it that way, like what not only – especially like for our blog, right? Like our blog has been the one that's been really doing well for us. And But I, I tell you like it's not – there's no secret. There's no like – research super heavy it's just kind of like let's half ass approach it let's let's write awesome stuff let's be very thorough and and go at it and then you know there's things that we can do even more to enhance just that marketing channel i think maybe we're getting 
you know, uh, 30% out of the hundred percent that's possible from that. So I know that I know that it's already like, like you said, you know, a, a home run for any marketing channel that like keep doing it. But I think you can also k- kick it up a notch, keep kicking it up a notch. Um, and then, you know, don't, don't spread yourself too thin either because you want to make sure that you have enough time to focus on the different things that you're doing. And I think a lot of people think that they have to do, well, I'm a PVC agency. I should do PVC for myself. Like that's kind of ironic that I don't, but I'm like, no, like I only really bid on our own branded terms. And then I put all of my money into content marketing when I, when I want to, like that's, that's what's working best for us. So there's no, there's no like being shy about it. It's just like figuring out what you have, what the time, be realistic with yourself and then do that and then do it very well, do it better than anybody else. And I think right now, we have kind of pushed ourselves up a little bit, a lot from the other clutter of other agencies as far as just being visual. Like we are getting the most eyeballs right now other than these other agencies as well that have been in the game for, you know, 10 years or more. So hold that thought because we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. But when we come back in 30 seconds, Jonathan is going to share what it's like to build a team so quickly. The Agency Advantage podcast is brought to you by Hubstaff. Now, Hubstaff makes time tracking software for remote teams so that you can stop tracking time with spreadsheets or on the back of napkins or whatever else you're using and start getting the insights into how your team is actually spending their time that only screenshots and in-depth reports can give you. Our best clients are agency owners, and while they love the accountability that comes with it, it's sort of like Upwork but without all the crazy fees. Where they really find the true value is by being able to connect Hubstaff with a project management tool to see what tasks are taking up their team's time. Think of it as Google Analytics for your team. I do want to warn you, though, there's a good chance once you see this data, you're going to be sick when you realize how little time is spent actually delivering the project itself. But you can't set up the procedures to make your agency more efficient if you're just guessing where time is being spent. So give Hubstaff a try so you can stop guessing and start streamlining your agency. Head over to hubstaff.com today and sign up for a free, no credit card required, 14-day trial and get your agency back on track. All right, let's get back to Jonathan. One thing that I want to touch on with this is that, like, I agree 100%. I think you and I could probably talk for hours about focusing on different things in the set. But, but for the, the sake of our listeners, I want to talk about what is it like building up a team of 10 and then in the next few months going to 20, like how so many agency owners that I talk to, one of their biggest struggles is finding good team members, finding people that they can trust, that can deliver good results. Like once they start hiring, a lot of times it takes so much work to get them up to speed. It doesn't always work out that a lot of times they just say like, Hey, I'm not even going to try to grow anymore. I might raise my rates, but I, I don't want to deal with running a team. So how have you been able to do that so well and so quickly? So it, it comes back from the other agency as well in the past in Utah that we kind of learned this from as well. And it's, it's the, the thing that we were doing over there was almost like growing for the sake of growing. Like we thought, we thought it was cool to have more employees. And I kept pushing my co-founder to do that where he was like, dude, I just want to chill and like make more money. I'm like, no, let's just keep growing. And like we can always make more money later. And so from, from what I've done now differently at Client Boost is um, I, like my first thing was like, I can just do this solo and just be a, a, a personal one-on-one guy, have my clients. And then I'd be like making that money. And so that happened very, very quickly. Like I, I was kind of maxed out and I couldn't do much anymore. Um, and then it was like, how do we keep hiring or at least having that buffer? I think that's what a lot of agency owners know that even if you can't find people who have, this is the best part. When you have people or a job posting out there of people saying that they are, they had no PBC, most of them don't know Jack. Like they really don't like, they're so like so wide, but not even deep at all. 
And so you have to be realistic with that. And so one of the biggest aha moments I had was when I read the E-Myth, which is, um, I, you know, the, I, don't, I forgot the author already. Michael Gerber, I think it is. There you go. Yep, that's yeah. him. So reading that like twice and just basically saying, hey, I, I think I can teach and I can create a training program around PDC with the basics and blueprint. Now, there's a lot of nuances to it and different things for different clients and all that stuff, but the basics are there. And so having that and having a new hire on board, the only things that I really care about are the soft skills. Like if they don't know anything about PPC, I definitely don't expect them to jump on board and be like super giddy and excited because it is like a technical knowledge, you know, sphere. Um, so they have to show me that like they want to really be part of the team. And, and a lot of the times like they will come from another agency and I'm saying, I'm going to, I'm going to trim your wage for the first uh, two months on purpose. Just show me that you want to be here. Um, and then you're going to come here and you might have been a senior, you know, agent, um, account manager over there. But like when you come here, like you, you basically know nothing you, and, and it's not because we do things differently, but like as far as like them going deep, they don't know it. So I've kind of made the decision that I would rather hire people with blank slates, train them up and be like junior level following a senior person getting that experience. And this is going to scare, like this scares clients as well, obviously, because they're like, Hey, working with my PBC account is basically like working with my bank account. You make one mistake and I can waste a lot of money. Um, but that's kind of far fetched and hasn't happened luckily, like knock on wood. Um, but that's almost what I would rather do. So the biggest challenge that we have right now and, and why clients are going to have to wait for us before we can bring them on board is because I did not see how fast we needed to hire again, or at least have a pipeline of talent, of relationships that I've already started building that are ready to go when I say time is up, you know, time is, time is right now, right now. Um, so that, that is definitely a challenge. And I feel a lot for other agency owners that have that. But if you look at the people who come in on board, the people who are really good are the ones that stay and they're like, they're going to do their own thing. You know, it, it just happens. And so when you have that training program, that's so thorough with gifts, screenshots, video, audio, and being able to quiz people that have taken the, the, gone through the training program after by like having to write out what they think. So they actually have to take what they've learned, process it, then explain it to somebody else. That's the best way they retain it. And that's the fastest way that I've seen somebody come through the door at being able to handle accounts and being able to keep scaling as far as like a, a e-myth process, right? Like a, like an approachable, treat it like a franchise almost kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah. And this made me think immediately of this, like one of the guests I had on Marcus Blankenship, he's does a ton with hiring, training employees and all of that. And one of the things he said that made so much sense, but like I never would have thought of in this way until I heard it from him was that like the best agencies, the most ones with the most longevity, ones that grow with the least pains are the ones that do what you're doing right now is they have pipeline in place they have waiting lists they know they have demand before they start hiring they don't hire early they make sure that people might be overworked for a little bit but then they'll bring people in so that there's enough work to sustain that but what people don't think about on the other side is that you should almost have kind of like a pipeline of potential employees so that when you're ready to hire when you need to hire you don't need to start from ground zero to to kind of find them exactly and that that momentum killer is so dangerous in my opinion because once you're going and things are coming through, multiple people, other clients are coming into their funnel and they're requesting a proposal and they're just in the beginning stages. And so you, you work backwards, obviously. And the same thing with hiring. Like I, I, would, I agree. Like this is what we did beginning um, of our you know, first year here at Client Boost was let's, let's, let's kind of add a little bit of pressure on the current people before we hire somebody else just so that we're very profitable. But because we charge enough, 
to have that buffer. And I think a lot of agency owners or even any business owners listen to this, just try increasing your prices because it does wonders for being able to do this. And like now we want to be right now we're overworked because we have the waiting list of the clients, but I really literally want like a 20, 25% buffer of like additional space on our, on our places and always hire a little bit ahead of time because it just makes it so much easier. And, and, and at the end goal is always to retain clients. So if you have more resources you can give them, they're going to be more, much more likely to stay. Um, and one of the best examples of hiring people who have no experience prior, I, I wouldn't even look further than like uh, VaynerMedia, Gary Vaynerchuk that runs uh, VaynerMedia over there. And it's like a ton of young 20-some-year-olds that are just doing that. But because they come through and you know they have the soft skills, they're likable, competitive, things like that. Um, they can go through the process of learning and then they're hitting the ground running pretty quickly. So that's kind of the same, same atmosphere or same idea at least that I want to have creating. And, um, it's not that I want to create a big company just for the sake of creating a big company, but, um, I'm not going to say no when somebody wants to give us the money either. <laughs> right. So. You're not going to turn it <laughs> Yeah. No. So where are you looking to find these next 10 hires in the next few months? So we, we started talking to some HR freelancers, meaning like recruiting people who um, are either in-house recruiters for a company that's already established and they're not like working for like an actual HR recruiting company. And so they're going to help us a lot. And the thing that I hate the most is like having to pay them on a monthly basis. So we basically structure the agreements as saying, hey, when you get somebody who actually you know, comes through, either it's by the interview or it's by the hire and we'll pay you a one-time fee accordingly to, to that. So I have like one guy that I just started talking to about that because it's this, this problem is literally happening right now for us. And um, the second thing I'm going is uh, actually used a tool called Spark Hire, which is a one-way video interviewing platform. So literally I have all the applicants that have come through like a LinkedIn job posting or whatever it may be. And then I put them their emails into this, into Spark Hire Spark Hire emails them a link to do a video interview, and I've pre-written ten questions that they then answer, and I can really, really quickly see how deep they go or like how much they really don't know about PPC, and that helps me save so much time because that's the thing I nobody has a lot of, obviously, um, and that was like the best quote-unquote growth hack that I've I felt like I felt like in the last year that I've uh, discovered. I'm like, wow, why didn't I do this sooner? So, um, so we we've been using them just right now, and and like again, all the first five applicants and even the job posting says you have to have two years experience. None of them have that. I'm like, why the heck are you guys applying? <laughs> you know? So I'm saving myself a lot of time. So it's just a matter of having them go through that. And the people who aren't serious about doing it. Cool. Like that's fine. We, you wouldn't want those people on the board anyways. When you say you require two years experience, what is the experience that you require? Is it with PPC specifically or just, just, yeah, PPC. It would be funny if I just said like, I hope life, like I hope you've been living the last two years kind of thing. No, it's uh, <laughs> It's PPC. So we were the, the job posting we have out there right now is more for like the senior because even when they come through, just because of the speed at which we're going, um, it'd be great if somebody could come in and just kind of show us what we were doing wrong or just you know telling, giving us a different approach. And we don't really feel like we've been tested internally like that yet. And that's uh, you know the quote unquote people always saying like hire people who are better than you and like I've had, that's it's a hard, hard to find to do. Yeah. yeah, it's really been hard. So, and who wants to go work for a small, like 10 people is, is a good amount, but technically it's pretty dang small. So like who really wants to bet on a one year agency um, either? So I think once we keep, you know, building our brand and, and again, caring about a lot of those things that don't scale, 
it's going to be a lot easier for us to, to attract the people who just come knocking on our door, even when we don't have a job posting. I'm going to, I'll link up the, what was the, the tool for the one-way interviews again? Spark Hire. Yeah. So I'll make sure to link that up because I think that the interview process, the resume process, like that whole like top of funnel stuff, I think is a huge kind of time suck for a lot of agencies. Totally, so totally. If people can kind of not fully automate it, but at least like speed it up, that would be a huge time saver for them. Yep. Yep. And I used to do it before where I like, I would have to call people and I would at least set 15 minutes aside and you can't really get in the momentum of doing anything. Like if you keep doing those kind of things and like you're on the phone with them and as you probably know too, they're like, Ooh, two minutes in, I can already tell I don't even like their personality. So I don't even care about if you have the skills or not. Like I don't want to talk to you anymore. And like, how do you, how do you wrap that up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're so. kind of locked in for at least a, however much longer yep, you need to be. Yeah. Exactly. The last area I wanted to touch on again, before we wrap things up is just sort of like the, the tools you use to run your agency day to day. I've been talking to a lot of, agency owners recently and like it's mind-blowing to me how many different tools they have to use whether it's like trello and then whatever and fresh books for invoicing and then this and then that and it seems crazy to me but so like i'm always curious to see how different agencies do it like if someone's found the better way like some solution to it. it's like how what tools do you guys use to kind of yeah. get through the day-to-day Great question. I'm actually pulling up like our monthly expense and it has all the tools. So let me go through this. So, uh, so for, like for agency, uh, you know, kind of just balance and being able to get things done, I treat everything as a to-do list business-wise and personal life-wise. Like if I go to the gym, like literally like I have the app clear that I just like swipe right for doing like this exercise. So we use Basecamp for that. Love Basecamp. Um, keeps... Uh, kickoff docs, logins, uh, creative assets for the client's landing pages all in one project. So that's great. We use Love Basecamp. Um, we use Unbounce for the landing pages. Obviously, I'm, like I mentioned, I'm a big fan of theirs and, and hopefully vice versa, but, uh, that they can say that. Um, and then running everything on Google Apps. So Gmail, Google Calendar, things like that, Google Drive. Um, and that's literally like pretty much, I mean, and then for invoicing, we use Stripe. So the automated, automated, um, uh, receipts that go out are just handled through Stripe. And so literally like that, that is it. Like there's no, we don't have a lot of fancy tools. Like there's a lot of tools that the designers use, but that's like Envision and Sketch and. Right. It's like specific that. to their kind of trade. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. What is the tool that you said? Cause you said your clients have access to like a dashboard that gives them kind of a yeah. overview of things. What is that? That's, that's called Ninja Cat PBC. I think they, when we, when we first started working with them, they were not that big, but I think they've done really, really well for themselves. And I think they're out of New York. So they have like a white label solution where you can connect all the PBC channels and call tracking and things like that into one hub. And then the client can just go in there and anytime they want and kind of see it all in one, one space. Minority. Oh, that makes it so much easier for them too. And at the beginning, you said you thought about entering in as like as a SaaS product yourself as offering software like what were you going to offer so um it, it it's kind of it wasn't even in the beginning like a pbc um like company i <laughs> i had i'm so big on caring about branding and like the name that i had this great name for a company that was a mystery shopping software i already forgot the name of it i had it written down <laughs> somewhere but it was literally like i had no experience in it i just i just knew that i was good at marketing i knew that i was good at you know building one business so far. So I should be able to do this. And it's, it's the funny thing with like a PBC agency, like you get the inside scoop on a lot of different companies and how they run. And so you're almost like, Hmm, like I wonder if I can just start like five businesses on the side. And, but <laughs> anyways, like I kept guest blogging cause that's again, what I like to do. And 
and one opportunity led to another, and other people were asking us and stuff like that. And so um, those requests just start coming in for the the client work. And so so we started there, and um, and quickly put that aside. Like this isn't this isn't going to be the way that we're going to roll. Let's just create another agency and let's go with it. <laughs> No, so it's kind of funny seeing like where you guys started to where you are now. But so, Jonathan, like, what's next for for you and Client Boost? Like, where do you see things going? You already said you're gonna be going pretty fast, up and almost doubling the size by July. But like, what's what's after that? What do you see as like the long term future? Um, it's gonna be and it's gonna be we're gonna be bought out or we're gonna go IPO. It's gonna be one of those two things. I think if as long as we can keep, um, you know, the as long as Google and Facebook are still companies. Uh, and so advertising basically is how they survive. I think there's going to be um, life enough for us and, and, and longevity. Um, but I think on the on the personal side, I, I want to be much more aggressive, becoming more of a thought leader. I'm, I'm you know similarly pretty pretty young to the to the space and the whole um, inside you know PVC world, and so slowly making friends today and there when I can make time for it and things. But um, that's that's the goal. So we want to keep growing as we are. Um, we have really helped. I'm actually putting out a blog post on Tuesday about our whole first year, what we've learned, our profit margins and things like that. So we've been very fortunate, very healthy, and, uh, we see no slowing down in that sense. So it's literally just keep, keep, you know, duplicating, keep cloning ourselves that way. No, that's awesome. And so just for listeners, when this episode goes live, the blog post will already be out there. So I'll make sure to link that up in the show notes so they can get that before you go. What advice do you have for the agency owner who right now they're, they're delivering great work? They have that part down, but they're really struggling to get to that $1 million plus level. Like they, they just, maybe they've been trying too many things or whatever. Like what sort of advice do you have them to kind of ground themselves and, and get up to that point of in, accelerate their growth a bit? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think the biggest thing for, for me and what I've decided to do with client boost is, Realize that, like I mentioned earlier, there's no barrier to entry of creating a PBC agency. If you Google that, you know, term and you see the ads up, you'll see new ones every single week. I'm like, whoa, I never heard about this, you know, URL. So when you realize that, I think it, it clicked in my mind that I was like, I want to build a brand and I want to build content. And the only way to do that is to build content. And then that doesn't mean your blog. It can be your YouTube videos. It can be your, um, it can be Snapchat. Like it depends on where your audience is. And, but you have to keep one thing in mind. You have to have the talent to do it. And if you don't have the talent, and then again, that's very subjective and it's hard because I can't quantify that. But if you don't have the talent, meaning that like you're not an engaging personality yourself, you're not funny, you don't, you're, you, you might not be the most attractive person or whatever you think that you are being realistic with yourself, um, you have to either do it and, and do it better than anybody else or find somebody to do it for you. And so when you realize that and you have that like self-awareness in a sense, um, and you know what you're good at and what you're not, I think that kind of unlocks and says, okay, let me audit myself. Or is there anything I'm doing that's completely going through the motions? Like, is my blog really just there to, because I, everybody says to have a blog? Or am I really trying to use this as a growth engine? So either post less frequently so that you can put more meat into one blog post a month or a week. Like, we posted twice a week at that $300 a post mark and, and it wasn't working. So I'm like, whoa, slow down. Let's just do once, let's just do three times a month or, or four times a month and really give it all on this specific topic and then research everybody else's and see where they're lacking. And so um, that's kind of where we narrow down. So that, again, a lot of people don't have the want to grow, but they have to have the talent. They have to have that design. And if you, the, I think the toughest thing, the reality is you're a marketing agency but you need to know how to market yourself. And so many don't know how to do that. And that's the truth, the sad truth. 
No, that's like the simplest way to put it. And, and a lot of times it's just people get caught up in just going through the motions. So kind of hearing that advice from you and, and helping them take a step back and analyze what they're actually doing, make that, that was awesome. So thanks for that. If our listeners want to hear more of these thoughts and more of kind of what you have to say on these topics, where should they go? So I, uh, I post pretty frequently on our own blog. Most of it is, is PPC related, but I, I, uh, I'm getting more and more insight and, and some requests like this one to talk about our agency growth. So we have a resources page on our website. It's pretty, pretty front and center up at the top. So clientboost.com. Um, you can see any uh, public speaking gigs I'm doing, any other podcasts or any other uh, blog posts that I'm writing. And um, yeah, kind of follow, follow that journey that way. Awesome. That was really great. I'll make sure I get all that linked up and definitely check that out, guys. So Jonathan, just want to say thanks again for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you later. See ya. All right. Bye. It's impressive to hear just how fast Jonathan's been able to grow Client Boost, and his mindset's also a definite change of pace from some of my other interviews. Many of the agency owners I've talked to have decided to intentionally stay small and focus instead on moving up the value chain without needing to manage a big team. And this worked really well for them. For a lot of us, that also makes the most sense. But others want to build something big. So I'm glad today we're able to have someone come on the show so we could hear the other side of things. Building and managing a big team, though, can absolutely suck. You have to do countless interviews, onboard new hires, get them up to speed, deal with all the stresses of payroll and about a thousand other things. That's why most of us avoid it. But instead of building an agency structure to avoid that, Jonathan dove in head first. By using Spark Hire for video interviews, he made it easy to qualify candidates without wasting time. By creating his own training program, he was able to focus on hiring for soft skills because he knew he could get them up to speed quickly on the technical side. And by maintaining high margins and building a waiting list, he could safely hire new employees because he knew the demand was there and he wouldn't have to be stressed about payroll. And that doesn't even touch on all the knowledge bombs Jonathan dropped about content marketing and brand building. Take some time to digest it all. Check out the show notes over on the Hubstaff blog and really work to unpack everything we covered. Even if you're not trying to build a big agency, putting in place the processes as though you were will only help you in the long run. That's all I have for you this week, guys. If you got something out of this interview, please head over to iTunes and leave reviews sharing what you learned. I love hearing from you, and this is a great way to help the show grow as well. So I'd love it if you could take a minute and do that. I'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.